0: So a little bit of an introduction. Uh, When I was at Bible College um, a few years ago, the in thing was youth churches. And there was a belief that the way we would reach the UK was to have churches that were specific for cultures, specific for generations, specific for a group of people. In other words, the church would grow if everybody in the church was similar to everybody else in the church. And very early on, I came to believe that that was possibly effective, but certainly not the way of Jesus. That Christianity is about bringing together people of all ages. And so over the last uh, month or two, <laughs> a year or two, generation or two, decade or two, in the way we've tried to lead this church is to try and prioritise being inclusive of generations. That isn't always easy. When I first came, a other factor that we really wanted to do was to enable the church to be not only of all ages, but of all nations. And that, again, isn't an easy thing And the British church has a very bad history of whenever waves of particular communities came to our country, they weren't welcomed in many churches. And so folks had to establish churches of different cultures. And today in our city, we're familiar with churches of different cultures. It's our vision as a leadership that that isn't is right for the country. It isn't what is right for Sutton Coldfield, and it certainly isn't right for Sutton Coldfield Baptist Church. So we've been delighted over the last seven or eight, maybe ten years, in the increase in us being a multiracial church. We're not there yet. We're on the way. It's a really important journey for us. And tonight is another significant part in that. You will know that over the last few years, I have become more and more obsessive about this command, that it has become ingrained in my thinking, that above everything else, Jesus commands us to love. And we had Emily read this passage, and the importance and uh, the, the way in which it would appear that God judges whether people are authentic disciples, is to do with welcome and care. And that is something that the British church in the UK has failed in. And the Bible has been used to justify racial separation in a way that is clearly unbiblical. And the way in which God spoke to the people of God right from the very beginning was to hold on to their experience of racism in in their enslavement and to live out a different kind of culture of inclusion, of welcome, of love for those who are different. Clearly God creates different cultures and there is the image of God in so many different ways. I am hopelessly uh, British. I've very rarely been abroad and am completely useless at being abroad. But I delight in learning and that's been part of my journey in this church of learning from the different cultures as we've welcomed and uh, been uh, grown in that sense and that vision of heaven. And after this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one can count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. This is our destiny and our future and our joy of every nation, and we want to bring the kingdom of God as it is in heaven, here into our church. But people like me need to learn more how to do that. And that's what tonight is about. It's about hearing stories of how we can be more welcoming and how we can bridge the divide that a fallen and broken world has created. The purposes of the people of God are to bring in the kingdom as it was intended in Eden not to reinforce the fall but to stand against it. So with that little introduction we're delighted to have to Mary and Sebastian and Kendall and Deb who you know. <laughs> <laughs> I must say that um, uh, Deb and Dan particularly and other members of the church have been really brilliant in, in, in helping us uh, reach out and, and, and welcome uh, because I am utterly useless at it. Um, so these guys are great. So I'm going to hand over to uh, If you want to text in a question, you'll see the number is there, it's going to stay on the screen, and uh, where it's appropriate, I will be putting some of the questions that you uh, email, no, that you text in to us. Deb.
1: Yeah, so just to start off, we've got three different people here on purpose, because everyone's story is different. Uh, Even though we've got two people from Hong Kong, their stories are different. And if you were to chat to some of the uh, guys and women that we've got here from Hong Kong, their stories would be different. And so the idea tonight is to get a variety of stories and ask questions. I am very nosy, so I will ask questions. But I do know them quite well. So if I don't ask something, do text in, do ask a question if you want something highlighting uh, or clarifying. But would you like to introduce yourselves? Who you are, your
2: family, just to start us off. (laughs) All right, so hi everyone. My name is Mary, and actually only a few people here know my real name, which is Marioxis. But to make things easier, I introduce myself as Mary. I come from Venezuela. I've moved, moved here with my husband, Enzo, and my two boys, Pierre and Franco. But the funny story is that um, UK wasn't our first destination. We arrived first in Chile, where my eldest sister lives. And we stayed there for a month. And we were trying to settle in Chile. But as we were running all these legal errands to stay there and to settle there, we didn't feel like it was for us. So after a month there, one night, my husband and I were talking to each other, and he said, you know what? I don't feel like this is the place for us. And I was, you know what? Me too. <laughs> and thank God you said that, because I, I, wanted, I didn't want to you know, take and make a decision or to pressure things or to change my husband's decisions or whatever, but thank God eh, we were united in that. And then we were praying and my husband said, well, I have uh, some friends living in Birmingham because I told him before, because I came here and I arrived here in 2007. I came to London for a holiday and it was like love at first sight. I just loved England from that moment, and I told him, well, you know what, we also have European citizenships, so why don't we go and give it a try? And then he called their friends and they said, well, we're happy to have you here. And we were amazed because they opened up uh, their house for us. And after a month of being here, we were so happy. And my husband said to me, you know what? You look very happy here. And he said, you look like someone that was born in the wrong place because it suits you here. And I was, oh, yes, because it's true. I feel so happy here. And it's been five years now, and we just feel so blessed to be living in this beautiful country. And to be a part of this lovely community has been a blessing for us.
1: Brilliant. You and Donald have got something in common then, your love of Britain. (laughs) 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 Sebastian.
3: Hi. Hello. um, Good evening, everyone. I'm Sebastian from Hong Kong. Um, I, together with my wife and also my son, um, arrived in the UK last September. So we actually have been here just for uh, roughly six months. But um, UK, the UK definitely is not, uh, I would say, that a, a strange place um, to me because I spent altogether five years in the UK before um, to do my master and also my PhD uh, in two different cities. So my, my wife always joked by saying, that, okay, you just return home. I said, yes, but to a certain extent also no. Because Southern Covey definitely is uh, not the place I am familiar with, to be very honest. Um, but such a lovely place. Uh, but back to the reason why actually I um, together with my family came to the UK uh, as probably all of you if uh, most of you if not all actually know because of this some political Well, political I know that okay, it's not a It's not the word I should uh, mention uh, too many times here But for some reason okay uh, thing happened in Hong Kong that we decided to, to come to the UK uh, because one of the main reasons is that because I actually was teaching political science at a university in Hong Kong. Uh, quite sensitive, getting more and more sensitive now at the same time because of my character weakness because my wife always say that you talk too much. Okay, <laughs> You're just simply too vocal. Yeah. Try to keep yourself in a low profile but <laughs> because I mentioned just now, I, because uh, I actually have this uh, really character weakness here. I don't really want to to speak in too, um, I would say that uh, reluctant way at the same time to fabricate the way so sometimes i understand that i'm so touching the the so-called the uh, the marginal area indeed uh but to be very honest uh the reason why i decided to come here because uh, i really want to give my son lucian a better place to receive education i really want him to live in a place uh with complete or full freedom of speech uh, really different uh, rights he can enjoy. More importantly, um, the way he actually wants, if he really wants to continue his way in, uh, in uh, God's heaven or in a godly way, the UK obviously is the place where he can do it. But we just simply feel that uh, not really the case in Hong Kong. Among all these reasons, okay, all these considerations, so we decided um, to come to the UK okay, last September. OK, thank you.
1: Brilliant. So you're keeping a low profile. You've been here for six months. You're up on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> but,
3: uh, unfortunately, I'm still sometimes actually um, being invited from, by my friends to do some the online program. Mm. It's really something really critical. So my wife, Gigi, always say that, don't, don't do it anymore, because that <laughs> still keep myself actually in the some kind of not really a very low profile way, so uh, yeah. it's a really a huge struggle, indeed. okay, yeah.
4: <laughs> Thanks, Sebastian. Kendall. Hello, um, my name is Kendall, and I think not, not too many people know my Chinese name. Right, really? Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's so Man Yu. It's just two characters, so I think, yeah. So usually I don't say the Chinese name. Um, UK is, um, I think it's really, Strange place for us because for me, my wife, my wife, and two sons, and it's my first time to be in UK. We've been other um, Europe, yeah, or United States, but never been UK. So to be honest, I don't really think like oh, I will enjoy the UK's life. Not really because sometimes I just heard too much about the weather, the um, everything. So we complain about it as well. <laughs> But my favourite team, football team, but I would not tell you which team, but yeah, I loved some football team in UK. Which, so Which one? No, it's a <laughs> Cambridge United. <Knight. laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so really, uh, I, I, um, so first time we, we decided to come here with my wife, and we really, we think that we, we're not sure, because we don't really know about the UK. but we we decided to come here because we really, um, we have to live, we think. That's why we have to come here. And certain COVID is just because my wife's friend who's here. So we just come here. There's no other reason because we <laughs> know anywhere, anywhere in the UK, yeah.
1: Brilliant, brilliant. So like Kendall's just said, never been to the UK. And they've moved everything over here, left everything behind, moved here. For a lot of us, we have no. We might have been on holiday abroad. Um, I've lived abroad, but it wasn't in the same kind of situation. Speak a little bit about what it was like to leave your country and come into this country. Like, what was difficult? What was a relief? What wasn't? What's been very difficult? Um, what's your experience of that? total change
2: in my case um, we knew it was a very tough decision for us to make but for the sake of our kids we decided to, to leave the country there was a time I'm going to tell you a story and my husband, my kids my mom, my sister and myself were in a mall and we took separate ways. So my husband was with my kids and my mom in a butcher shop, and I went with my sister to a spices shop. And right there, in front of my kids and my husband, in there, there was a shooting. There were some criminals trying to kidnap a a wealth person that was there. And there was a shooting going on between the bodyguards of this person and the criminals. arm my husband pushed my kids behind the counter and asked the butcher please can you take my kids inside of those big meat containers with my mom and they they stayed in that meat container to avoid getting shot yes and then my husband calls me and he was where are you and i was I'm at the end of the mall with my sister in the, in the spices, and she said, just stay there, don't move, wait for me to get you. And I was, all right, that's fine. And then in that moment, my sister and I start hearing all these people cr- running, screaming, shouting, and they were saying, there's a shooting, there's a shooting. And my sister and I just looked at each other, dug down, and crawled in the store to the back of the store. And we could see these bodyguards shooting at these people. And we were like, oh, my God, please, God, save us from this madness. And there, there was a moment of silence. And I saw my husband walking in the store. And I was, I freaked out. I was, what are you doing here? Where are the kids? Where's my mom? And he said, they're fine. They're fine. I was worried sick about you. Are you okay? And I was like, I'm okay, I'm okay. And then we run for our kids and my mom to get them. And then we just got in the car and went back home. So what a lovely day would have been for us. It turned into a nightmare. Thank God we were safe. Nothing happened to us. And because it was so, so, so dangerous at the moment to be living in my country due to political reasons, economical reasons, social reasons, we didn't want our kids to be living in a a place like that. And like like that story, I have so many others that I've lived, I experienced, my husband, and, Because of our kids, we wanted to give them a better place to live. We wanted wanted to provide for them a better education. And there was a point where the government wanted to take full control of the families, and the kids were going to be indoctrinated in the schools. And we said, this is our cue to leave the country. And we were just blessed and thankful to be able to leave the country because they were putting so many, like, obstacles for people. People couldn't leave in the moment, but we were like, we prayed so much, and we were able to leave the country, and we were so happy because of this opportunity that God gave us. And it's been a roller coaster of emotions, and we didn't know anything about this country, but... As the time went by, we've been so happy to be able to enjoy being outside, just walking in the streets safely to go to the park with our kids without being worried, getting shot or or being robbed, you know. And we've been enjoying. It was a struggle. We had to sell everything we had. We had to leave family. We had to leave friends. We needed to start from scratch, and it was really hard in the beginning. It was really hard. I'm sorry, but it's been it's been okay. Brilliant.
1: Thanks for sharing. Sebastian's come prepared.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, leaving Hong Kong to the UK is a very hard decision. Uh, one of the hardest, I would say, in my life. Definitely not in a material sense. Um, to be very honest, we basically ship all our belongings to the UK, far more than we expected, to be very honest. It's, it's always a kind of a jealousy from my friends. They say, oh, how come actually you, you actually could ship, could ship all these things, food or even the very even tiny things, or even Lucian, a, a lot of toys indeed, uh, plastic toys, uh, whatever you can tell. But the hardest thing I, I would say is definitely say bye to my family members, uh, temporarily or permanently, especially my mom. Um, my mom actually is 92 year, 92 now. Um, she actually has a quite severe dementia. Um, she basically can't recognize me now Indeed, this. Uh, this morning, actually, I actually managed to have a video, uh, a WhatsApp video with her. Uh, after several minutes, she eventually managed to recognize me. I was really pleased and delighted, but I know exactly that she may not live long, okay? And I know exactly that the earliest time I could actually return to, the, to Hong Kong is September to see her. But I know exactly that there is no guarantee that um, she will be able to, um, to see me uh, in September, even though at the time I do manage to return to Hong Kong to see her. So I always consider that, this, uh, that kind of a separation is always the hardest thing to hit me strongly. And so when, I was, uh, when I'm alone at night, thinking about my family member, especially my mom, I, I feel uh, uh, I have a kind of a very, very strong feeling of, uh, how can I say, um, a kind of adapt to her because I am the youngest in the family. You know that in Chinese family, usually the youngest son actually would be much loved by... by the mother especially so i always consider that uh, well um I, I i don't know how to say but if i think in the positive way of course i actually already spent roughly more than 15 years with her in hong kong uh experiencing a lot of things okay doing a lot of things with her together i still remember when i was young i went to the, the web market with her together sharing a lot of fun a lot of joy Already, a, a great memory already. But you know that man basically is greedy. You always want more. You always want more and more and more. That's why I always consider this is maybe is the kind of thing that, uh, that actually haunts me a lot. But I know exactly that, okay, if God really, really wants me to have a, a face-to-face contact, in person, touch with her, I, I'm sure I will be given this opportunity, definitely, sooner or later. But uh, living in Hong Kong definitely is, a, is a really a very, very hard decision. But I would say the thank, really thank to the advancement of the technology now. Because uh, we can use uh, Zoom, OK, WhatsApp, or even Signal to have a, that kind of a real-time conversation, real-time uh, dialogue with friends or family. But you still uh, understand clearly that you, you still want to have that kind of human touch. Because that kind of human touch actually is really very precious, I would say that. Um, this actually is a kind of thing that, uh, that actually made me still actually not really um, happy, I would say, that if I actually think of my mom. Okay, thank you.
4: Okay, um, I'm also the youngest son in my family, but I don't really feel it's like I'm the loved by my mom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, just kidding. Huh? Um, yes, um, I think uh, it's a little bit different for me. It's, uh, um, I just talked with my wife maybe for one night, and we decided to come here to UK. Yes, and I'm the person like, uh, I would like to try the new things. So when I decided, even though my wife just still have questions, and then I call her mom, and say, oh, well, we decide to go to UK. And then she back from work, and she say, you tell my, to my mom and without telling me. I said, yes, I, we decided, so we tell everyone. So, and then we decided to come here. Um, so, yeah, my personality is like, we, yeah, I'm willing to try the new things. And also I tell um, to my wife, it's, it's not really, we cannot settle in the UK. That's fine, we can go back to UK uh, to, to home, because so we still have a parents, family in Hong Kong. So, um, that's, it's not really hard to think, but I think we, but why, my wife probably, yeah, she is really hard to, you know, to, to live in the, um, overseas because I have never been outside of Hong, yeah, abroad Hong Kong, like, yeah, just uh, all my whole life in Hong Kong. Um, but it's, and also the, th- one thing is I find out is uh, to some kind of the, the identity. That's what I find out in UK. Sometimes I'm really still thinking, struggle I'm, I'm a Hong Kong, but I really want to be like a um, British or Hong Kong British. I'm still, you know, the, the identity is still confused for me. Mm. I think believe for my wife as well. Mm. So, I think that's the thing. So we, thing. we try to find the, the new identity in the UK. Yeah.
1: Identity is a very complicated thing, especially when you go I, down the generations and the different absolutely. identities.
0: I've lived all my life in England and I don't feel English. <laughs> <laughs> This is another story. Can I just put some questions in? Because people are really grateful. Um, And a couple of questions just to put in. Uh, Someone says this, firstly, welcome and thank you for speaking this evening. Uh, And there's two questions I want to link together. And so first thing is around your names. Um, Would you feel more welcomed if we used your actual names? And linked to that, how can people help you feel welcome? So if I can put those two questions... because you, 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 Is that okay? So I don't know who wants to, to start on that, but do you mind not y- having English names?
1: There's a lot of confusion, I'll put it out there. In the office, Mary helps with food bank, and I call her Mary, and people go, who's that? And then some of them have started calling her that, and other people go, so who's Mary? And they get
2: very confused. <laughs> I think I feel comfortable if you call me Mary, if you want to call me Marioxis, that's fine. that's brilliant. I'll feel like even more at home. <laughs> that's fine and for me, it's like I know that it's not easy to to approach someone that's from different different culture, but please do so. please feel welcome to come to me. I am a very warm person. <laughs> She'll give you a hug. Yes, I'll give Watch you a hug out. every time I'll see you. So <laughs> it, it'll be great for me to, mm. to get to know more of you.
3: Um, well, absolutely. Um, my great delight, OK, to be called my Chinese name, um Qin, OK? uh i remember when i was in the uh i was also doing my phd okay my supervisor used to call me choking despite the fact that i actually had uh, my english name sebastian already I, I just don't know why my supervisor just uh, kept calling me choking choking and then uh, probably because uh, he considered that choking actually the name actually um, maybe um, showing that kind of a greater intimacy instead of sebastian okay sebastian okay a very british name probably quite a lot of people actually having this name uh I, uh but the point is that the reason why I, I, I consider that uh, Sebastian maybe is a little bit uh, uh, better name in the sense that uh, easier to remember, okay, for, I, I guess, for British, I'm not sure. Maybe um, Deb and uh, Donald actually can have, tell me a little bit more whether, okay, Sebastian is a, a, a name easier to be remembered than Chokin, because uh, I remember I was a, uh, um, doing my master's and also my PhD at the time. I, I it, sometimes I use a uh, choking this name to introduce myself, but uh, okay after a certain period of time, okay the name just simply um, To be to be to be changed to a different form. Okay to Chen okay or Chokin or whatever Okay, <laughs> then I find out. Well, how come actually I have a new given name? So I, I decided why not just uh, stick to the English name to for fear that okay? I have a, a new identity. Okay a new identity. That's why okay, but but for everyone here, definitely, my delight, my great delight, okay to be called Chokin, okay. You can also call a uh, Gigi, okay, Pui Kwan, okay, and also my son, okay, York, okay. No, no, definitely, okay. I, I can, I can understand clearly, okay. No, but uh, for myself, definitely, okay. Uh, feel free to call me Chokin, also, okay. Interchangeable, okay. Sebastian, Chokin, Chokin, Sebastian, okay. Both are interchangeable, okay. Thank
0: you so much. Oh. Other things that would make you feel more welcome. What can people do?
3: I th- I think that the, the whole church indeed actually has, has already done enough to make me feel very welcoming. I remember the first time when I arrived here, um, I still remember David and Janet, they, they are so friendly. Indeed, and I found that I have never experienced this kind of thing in any church. In Hong Kong, in Japan, and also in the UK. Uh, I, indeed, I actually was in Hong Kong altogether for more than 13 and a half years, attending different churches. But I found that this one actually is the, the most welcoming church I have ever experienced. So that's why I, I found that I, can't, I, actually, I could not actually have asked for more, to be very honest, to be very honest. If I really want to ask more, I'm sure God will punish me tonight, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> So, I, I would say that already. So, already, what
1: kind yeah. of things made you feel welcome?
3: Very, that kind of uh, sincerity. Sincerity, definitely. And also that kind of warm. You can feel it. You know, that in Hong Kong, I, I don't actually have a, a kind of intention to demonize that kind of a welcoming thing. But in Hong Kong, for example, I attended some local church, okay? Um, when they welcome people, they usually sing a song. If you are actually from Hong Kong, you know this song. Every time I sing this song, I say, like, oh, please stop it. <laughs> I, 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 melody-wise, I don't actually like this song. At the same time, I found that there actually people. people, actually, or churchgoers, they have to do it involuntarily because when the song starts to play, you know that you have to welcome a newcomer. If you don't do it, you know that you actually do not actually um, to be a qualified host at all. So I said, they don't do it. But you know exactly that uh, I'm just a, uh, a visitor. So that's why I, I, I don't actually find I have this, uh, um, um, I would say that this kind of a right actually to stop them to doing this kind of thing. But whereas here, they do it just, just, just very naturally, so natural, so sincerely. So this is the kind of thing that, I, I to be very honest, I, I treasure most. So that's why it, uh, I could not actually have asked for more. Okay, so good, so good already. Okay, thank you.
1: If Donald ever visits your activity or your home, he'd love you to sing a song of...
0: I am never, ever, (laughs) ever going abroad. (laughs) (laughs) Kendall, what can people do to help help you feel welcome? Or do they do, or can they do?
4: Um, For me, maybe... For my family, I would think it's maybe, speak slowly. And yes, and really, sometimes just uh, we don't know how to respond. Sometimes we don't—not just one hundred percent. Maybe probably sometimes maybe fifty percent, sixty percent. We don't really understand what you're talking about. So, oh, did I? Yeah. So how did we get? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think yeah for generally yeah for most of Hong Kong people we we're trying to understand. But maybe be slower, or you, if you don't mind, you can just make some sentence simple as simple as possible, so we can understand. Maybe later, on, five or six years later, you can speak as normal. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but now maybe yeah, it's a little hard for us to follow. And other things, uh, I think uh, maybe for 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 UK for British, they don't really get it's like. Uh, I think f- first time I talked with Deb is like. Uh, For Hong Kong people, we don't know what actually the activity for the church, from the church. We don't know. And then, I remember you say, you can look at the website and then something that's all out there. I say, no, we don't know everything. It's like, uh, because we, the Hong Kong people sometimes, we go to the, we look at the church, the building, but just the building. We will not go inside because we don't know what's inside. So um, sometimes I will say, if you have some program, if you write something, different language, maybe English, um, other language, Spanish or Chinese, and they look at they know, oh, they can come in. You yeah, will feel welcome. And that's maybe make it, yeah, simple, and they feel they can get inside.
1: So if we're part of an activity or a small group or something to invite you and say, this is, I'm yes. part of this, come along.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that would be helpful, yeah? Brilliant, brilliant. I've got
0: some more, okay, some more questions. How have your kids uh, adjusted? And what kind of welcome have they received? Has it been harder or easier for your children?
2: Mm. When we got here, Piero was around four years, and Franco was two years old. So when Piero went to school year one, oh, my God, this teacher was so lovely. She had, um, like some cards in spanish and in english so he could relate so he could see what was everything around and she was so patient with him she was like with him she taught him most of the english that he has is because of this lovely teacher she gave him like a very warm welcome and Surprisingly, uh, he made friends quickly. We were worried because they didn't speak English at the time. So we were worried as they wouldn't know what was going on around them. And they didn't know how to express themselves. If they wanted to go, for example, to the toilet or to have a drink, they didn't know how to say that. So it was good. In the beginning, it was really good for, for Piero. And because Franco was staying at home, we just had more time to teach him and to help him. So it was like that. Thank you.
3: Um, before actually we came here, we actually have attended um, a local English church for a number of years. So that's why we basically found no problem at all um, to get ourselves to adapt to... Um, The kind of uh, um, English um, service, I would say that, Um, especially Lucian, because Lucian actually um, find actually basically the the kind of thing done here is almost the same as what we find in our previous church in Hong Kong. Uh, To be frank, we this is not the first church actually we attended. We attend another one. Of course, I won't actually disclose the name, okay? <laughs> uh, out of, uh, okay, okay, courtesy, I would say that. Um, then we asked immediately Lucien about what he felt. Because we consider this, this is the most important thing um, to decide which church would eventually decide to stay long. Uh, to be honest, uh, I and Gigi already old. okay? Basically, we, we basically can adapt to any kind of church, I would say that, uh, to a large extent. But Lucien, indeed, actually is a much longer I would say that the um, time uh, in the UK at the same time, uh, a longer future, I would say that. So I would say that we, we have to ask him whether you really want to stay here long or not, because we know exactly if he doesn't actually want to stay in the, the, this church or any church. Um, his, his journey with God actually will be greatly, I would say that uh, uh, hampered, maybe adversely in, 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 uh, influence at all. And then we ask him whether he likes this church or not. And then his answer is, yes. And then, yes, this is the church we have to stay. This is the church we have to go. And, and, and then we also find that actually, um, there is also boys' brigade here. And he likes boys' brigade so much. Even, even more than that, actually, he attends his school, to be very <laughs> honest. Yes. Um, so that's why every, every, basically, during the term time, um, every Tuesday night, he always said that when we will, when will we when will, when we will leave for um, Boys Brigade, I said just too early, indeed. You know that the clock just six, somehow six or six at a time. And said we just take okay, less than ten minutes walking from our home to this church. No need to go, no need to leave home too early for Boys Brigade. Every time okay. I have to remind him about this, so that we can actually see how eager he actually will, likes to attend church activities. So that's why I would say that this is maybe is the kind of thing that we find actually, uh, we are pleased because we find Lucene indeed actually likes the uh, the, the whole church so much, I would say that, yeah. Mm -hmm.
4: Yes, um, I think it's really easy for the kids to adjust. Um, uh, I think my kids, they, yeah, they also join the Boys Brigade, they love it. And yeah, so like every week they're waiting for the Boys Brigade, And, and that's why we also asked their friends to come to the boys' brigade, and also for the uh, primary school, they they go to the well, uh, they enjoy. It. Every time we ask them, so do you like the school? Do you want to go back to Hong Kong? They say no, never. We want to go back to Hong Kong because here there's no homework. They just keep running every time. <laughs> you know, so just, okay, so they really enjoy and and yeah, I think they yeah. Okay, brilliant. Well. Shall I keep going? Yeah, yeah. Are you, yeah you to,
1: uh, I can chip in whenever, okay. but carry
0: on. Um, so another question linked into that. Um, what uh, where have I find the question? What is the what do you find what are you most grateful for in the UK?
2: Okay, so
0: we can go the other way if he, if he doesn't, you don't have to yeah, start every no, time, okay,
2: okay.
0: <laughs> I,
3: I will be delighted because I'm always in the middle, so <laughs> <laughs> whichever. So,
2: I, um, to be honest, I am grateful of Debbie and Paul and the Leiden family because I remember my husband and I were speaking outside our, our kids' school and she heard us speaking in, English, in Spanish, sorry. So, she came to us. I told us. you I'm
1: nosy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, uh, she came to us. She took her time to have a meaningful, proper conversation with us. And in that conversation, she told us about boys' bouquets and all the church activities. And after that, because we were amazed, my husband and I, because we were looking for a church to congregate. We wanted to be a part of a Christian community. And since then, then they invited us to their place to have a meal. And we were, oh wow, this is truly God's work because we are strangers to them, but they're willing to open up their house for us to receive us. And, from that moment everything changed as we got to make friends in here we got to get involved in the church and we're grateful to continue to listen to god's word to be to continue to be a part of the church as we've been christians since i was a kid so i'm grateful for that thank you that you're welcome <laughs>
3: um but the thing i mentioned uh the reason why we came here mostly because of um lucien so that's why we find that the uh, uh living here definitely will bring him a very i would say that the, uh a kind of environment which allows him to understand the world in a real sense or in a true sense i think this is the most important thing because um, probably I'm too sensitive to this kind of thing because I'm teaching political science, international relations, so I'm, I'm really um, concerned about the kind of environment he actually grows up to, whether he actually was forced to believe in something which is not true. For example, um, um, understanding different concepts in a really very different way, very much different from what we actually have been told for a long time. For example, when we talk about human rights, when we talk about okay, various freedom, okay, or even something even more political, for example, democracy. Um, no matter, I understand through that, no matter how much I say to Lucian, I know that I can't really actually go against a system, an institution, or, or basically a, a structure at all. And so, uh, so that's why I'm, I'm really pleased that, or really grateful that uh, Lucy now in, here in the UK. I, I, I don't really know what path actually he takes eventually in the future. But at least, okay, environment-wise, he will be given adequate choices or uh, real choices, okay, which actually he can choose from. I think this is the most grateful thing I would say that uh, um, not just for me, but also for our family, I would say that, yeah.
4: Okay, um, just for myself, just for me, I, uh, I think I pray for is um, something unexpected, something um, because I, I work for the church in Hong Kong. So um, so I quit my job. When I come here, actually, I don't know what I'm going to work for. So um, when I come here, I think first time I come to the I used to go to the Chinese church. Even though I come to UK, I try to find a Chinese church because I think that would be much easier for us to settle. And first time I come to a better church here, I just feel like God opened my eyes. I think in Hong Kong, the church is like only one, one nation, one tribe, Chinese. That's it. And... But here... It's totally different so when i see when i feel what i experience i think just god let me experience what really he has done here so i think that's my yeah i'm grateful for my experience i have
0: brilliant uh i'll keep going um the opposite question what frustrates you most about the british (laughs) (laughs)
1: come
2: on <laughs> one of the things that that was striking the most for me it was because when i for example i love to hug people and i i you know i am um, <laughs> i just do donald okay <laughs> So, in a way, I had to change the way that I am. I had to bring it down like a 10, you know, because I don't want to say it, but it's not that you guys are cold in here, but (laughs) it's just because I come from a country where everybody hugs each other and people get in confidence so quick you just be introducing me to your friend and then we're exchanging numbers, we're meeting up for movies, and we're eating in each other's house, it's like that. People are very, very warm in my country and very open. And wherever one person eats, then he shares with everyone else. So you could be coming just to drop something in my house, and then you come in and eat with us, have a chat regardless of whatever so one of the frustrations is not not being able to be who I am like really am <laughs> because you know I don't want to be uh, considered like oh she's so weird like, I'm... <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm always happy to come in and eat
3: as I said, I actually uh, have been in the UK for, for too long, I would say that the, um, uh, I, I found that the um, British people actually look to be less wise than I used to, to, to understand, okay, <laughs> uh, before. The first time actually I was in the UK in the 1990s, I, I thought that time, okay, British people indeed were really, really smart. I, I was in the Pi Park and listening to a joke there, and I found that well, wow, British people indeed, they, they were so humorous. They were so humorous, they were so smart indeed. And then I returned to the UK in the 2000s, and then, then I, found, I found that people actually, okay, not really that smart as I actually encountered in the 1990s. <laughs> <laughs> and then this time, actually, I actually returned again. I found that, okay, well, Well, I, I found that more people actually, they don't really look that even, okay, smart. I, I use a more English way to describe it it's a little bit uh, under average, I would say that <laughs> okay, a little bit under average. Um, I was a bit shocked by this kind of a phenomenon at all. Uh, as you all know that we had the, the kind of a so-called uh, um, um, the kind of a crisis okay, led by the Tory government before the so-called the small budget, the little thing the little budget you know that leading to the kind of political crisis. I found out what what I, I could not actually imagine that kind of thing actually happened in the 1990s or, or even in the early 2000s, but it happened now in the, in the 2022. So I found that British people, okay, if actually... Um, Donald just asked, okay, that actually makes me a little bit frustrated is that, okay, British people seem actually to be less uh, wise, less intelligent, okay, <laughs> than before, okay.
1: This is the man that studied at Oxford, though, so yeah. I think I probably am under average.
0: <laughs> what would have happened if I said we were going to be political? <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> Ex handle. OK, um, I think, uh, for sure driving. Driving. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely, that's definitely, yeah. I think, um, I, I think that's, you know, usually there's some kind of instruction or you should follow something but you never seen, they will inst- follow the instruction. And they just every car to park everywhere, they care. And <laughs> then you know, you just, it's totally from Hong Kong. Yes, because Then go, the go h- to Italy. Oh. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, yeah, then I would change my mind and say maybe Italy. But yeah, and then UK just, we try. oh, how come, it's like, a, it's really hard for us to drive to, yeah, and, that's why my wife never, yeah, she never think they would, you know, pass the exam. Yeah, she so thinks it's really hard for her. Yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's frustrating. Sure. Okay, for me. Okay,
0: brilliant. I think time is, is, uh, yeah. is beating us. Uh, can I, I don't know if you want to add anything else there, but...
1: I was going to ask how their faith has impacted that journey. How, how have you found it coming? Because you've all got a faith. Yes.
2: So... Um, My faith has helped me to rely completely on Jesus, to trust in his power, to trust in his love for me and my family during this transition. And I think my faith has grown since I set foot in this country because every time I've been claiming and praying and worried about something, God has always helped me. He has always responded me. And I could see and experience firsthand the provision, the protection, and the blessings of the Lord till this day. He has never stopped protecting us or providing for us. And although we were lacking of so many things, we weren't actually lacking because God was with us and my faith helps me every single day to place all of my burdens at Jesus' feet and to trust that He is always there for me.
3: Um, definitely coming to the UK provides me such a good opportunity to, uh, to re-examine, to scrutinise my faith. because. Living in the u k now actually um, just just um, discloses a lot a lot of uh, personal problems uh, I would say that in, in a spiritual sense, for example uh, you know that in Hong Kong, I would say that we just simply we were in a, in a comfort zone for too long because everything basically looks so familiar so you don 't basically have any any i would say that uh, I would say that that kind of a um, uh, urgency to rethink your faith at all. But when you're here in the UK, you know exactly there's no way that you can actually hide yourself from this kind of a so called, okay, wake up call or that kind of urgent call, whatever. Okay, you need to face difficulty um, ranging from daily matters to, okay, uh, Lucien's education problem, even our marriage, and all kinds of things, personal problems at all. I would say that this definitely will give me. At least at this stage, I can say that that, that actually made make me closer to God. And I think this is even very, very important, very crucial, because if I actually don't rely on Him, I don't actually think that I can actually walk this path, okay, together with my wife and also with my son. I think this is something that I find really important. So that's why I always, always say that it's really, really good that God actually gave me this opportunity to come here, Okay
4: um i think my my faith is um um i think most of our Hong Kongs we come to we came to u k mostly welfare for the children and for the freedom for the yeah for the uh, human rights but I think faith make me feel that there's another angle to see what is the meaning of the new life and what's the God's um, purpose to send us to be here, and and that's why I'm looking for something like a, the mission uh, in UK for us, for Hong Kong Christian, for me, for my family, and that's why I think I, for me maybe I find, at this moment I find a, something the purpose I could be here, just because um, there's so many Hong Kong Christian be here, mm-hmm. so. So I have to serve the served, uh, Hong Kong Christian here, and that's maybe my purpose to be UK mm-hmm. and in, in faith perspective. And so maybe now, maybe my wife and then also the children, mm-hmm. they will look, they find uh, something, the the meaning why they come here,
1: mm. yeah. And I think the important thing in that, it has been, we want to be a welcoming church. We want to bless these people that arrive but actually in blessing them we end up way more blessed because they've got so much to offer and uh, we end up being the people that they're blessing and they're such a huge blessing. And so I would encourage you uh, to be brave. Go up and talk to someone. might turn out that they're British and they've lived here all their life, but you're not going to lose out. You'll get to know a new person. Um, So yeah, that would be my...
0: Yeah, I just want to thank you and, and, and echo just what Deb said. You're already a huge blessing to our church. And, and Mary's been a bit longer, and Enzo. And Enzo's one of the boys' brigade leaders, so he's there on a Tuesday night helping, and, and, and you, you really have been a great blessing to us. And, and Sebastian and Kendall have, have really been helping us, how we, we help more from the Hong Kong community. and uh, Just so the church are aware, we're, we're, we're looking at how we can do... Some simultaneous translation during our services, so that people can can have a headset and hear some stuff in Cantonese. We hope to bring that online in in the next uh, few weeks, particularly at, at, for the 10:30. At 10:30, uh, and and Kendall has been really really helpful to so us and understand things. And are going to be, we want to be able to do some the occasional Cantonese events coming up in, in, in the coming year as well. Uh, and so you guys have been a great blessing to us already um, and, and you, you've already got ministry among us, all of you, so we're, we're very, very grateful. So I'd like to pray for you and then Emily's going to come and just lead us in a closing song. We have gone on a bit longer than normal, but that's I think absolutely fine and it, it would be good to sing if that's okay. But let me just pray for these folk. Father, we thank you for the stories we've heard. We thank you for Uh, bringing these folks to us. And we pray for them in the, the issues they face, the difficulties that they experience. We thank you that they are able to speak of gratitude and of knowing you with them. But we pray that you will continue to be with them. We pray for the friends and family that they have left behind and ask you to be with them. We pray for the issues that they face around um, settling and understanding and integrating and being provided for and finding a role. We pray that you would lead and guide them. And we pray as a church that you would help us to continue to reach out to all backgrounds, all ages, all cultures, and all races, that we would learn from one another and grow together for we ask it in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Amen.
1: Thank you.